It's now time for the rural news with Monique Steele. Tinakwe Monique. And the heat is on the fishing industry to stop one of its controversial fishing practices. Kia ora, Charlotte. Yes, conservation group Forest and Bird is calling on the fishing industry to put an end date on the controversial practice of bottom trawling. The seafood sector is holding its annual meeting this week, with the hauling of heavy nets on the seabed a major talking point. Forest and Bird spokesperson Jeff Key says bottom trawling has been allowed to go on for too long. Fishers have lost their social licence to do it, and new fishing methods must be used. He says more than 60% of New Zealand fish is bottom trawled and companies are reliant on it, but it must stop. If there's no end date, there's no constraint there, then the industry will be inclined to keep doing what it's always been doing. One, putting an end date in there just really creates the incentive to innovate, to get the nets off the seafloor, and it gives everybody else some certainty. Everything has an impact, but some things have impacts within manageable levels, and some things are just too destructive. You know, we, you know, there are other, you know, there's bottom longlining, in other cases there's midwater trawl. Uh, I understand that people in the industry in various parts of the world are trying to work out how to get nets off the bottom so they can still catch fish at a deep level without doing the same level of destruction. Jeff Key, activist group Greenpeace, also echo the call. Chief Executive of Seafood New Zealand, Jeremy Halson, admits there are challenges around bottom trawling. He says the sector is trying hard to reduce environmental harm, but without the practice, there would be no fishing industry. There's a lot of programmes underway in the seafood industry to limit the impact on the seabed, so we really need to ramp those up and try and demonstrate to people that uh, you know seafood is being caught responsibly. And um, without trawling in New Zealand, uh, you know, the industry really would be in you know a different shape. There'll always be some people that um, you know, won't accept any environmental damage, but that's just unrealistic when you look at any food source. Uh, we're very cognizant that we need to reduce that as much as possible. We think our environmental story is a very good one, and we think if people take the time to engage, uh, they will understand us better, and they can make their own minds up about whether they think seafood's been responsibly caught in New Zealand. Jeremy Halson says a lot of innovation is going into minimising bycatch, like seabirds and dolphins. The company best known for its red band gumboots, Scalarup, has posted another record full year result. Profits for the company, which makes a range of rubberware for farms as well as boats, cars and kitchen appliances, were up 7% to $50.9 million. Agri-division earnings were up only 1%, with sales on dairy consumables down, but footwear performed well. Scalarup Chief Executive David Meir says sales into the United States were up. There is a trend towards longer life and higher value milking liners, which reduce the frequency of liner changes. The impact for Scalarup is lower volume, but higher pricing to sustain revenue, mean investing in and achieving productivity improvements has and will continue to be important for our business. Uh, footwear, as noted previously, performed very strongly in FY23. In New Zealand, we increased sales through the urban channels. Um, in the US, sales of our dielectric footwear again grew. Uh, and for those that don't recall, the dielectric footwear provides an insulation um, to protect against the risk of a live electric source. David Meir. The company has rewarded shareholders with an increased full-year dividend of $0.22 cents per share. 
The impact of plummeting world dairy prices is flowing onto rural merchandise store farmlands. It says farmers and growers are tightening their belts and spending less on apparel as well as capital projects. The rural cooperative has more than 80 stores nationwide. Chief Executive Tanya Horton says the drastic drop in international milk powder prices as well as high interest rates will continue to affect what farmers can spend for now. Things like fencing, drainage on, on any farming system, so a general you know, annual review and repair and, and replace programs, all of that type of work is being reconsidered right now. So whether it's a culvert going in or a, a fence line being replaced, people are definitely looking to make do with what they've currently got as opposed to doing what would normally be a more regular replacement program. Ms Horton says Fonterra suppliers will soon be getting a dividend, but 2024 is still a huge concern. The next spring, so not this year but next spring, is going to be the toughest spring because we will still be coming out of this recessionary period. There won't be some of those additional payments that are actually coming into market for this spring and people will definitely still have their their belts well and truly tightened. We've been here before, we've got out of it before and we will do so again. But the key way we do that is by working together and sticking together as a rural community. You know, it's tough. We know it's tough. But hang in because the cycle will come back up again. Tanya Horton says farmland staff have been given extra training about chatting with customers who want to spend time talking about financial stress. A year ago, torrential rainfall smashed the top of the South Island, flooding out properties in the Nelson-Tasman region, hitting dairy farmers in the midst of carving. There were landslips, roads closed, including the key State Highway 6 between Hedda and Havelock, severing the direct link between Nelson and Blenheim. One year on from the state of emergency today, Rural Support Trust's Top of the South Chairman, Richard Kempthorne, remembers how farmers couldn't get milk or bobby calves off their farms. A lot of damage, a lot of people were cut off. We had a farm out in Glen that had 500 cows and they had to take 400 of them off farm because the whole farm was underwater for a week or two. So it was a lot of work for months and it was about April when we finished. The rain flooded paddocks on Deborah and Tim Rhodes' Collingwood Dairy Farm near the Aorere River for days. Deborah Rhodes says monitoring weather and river conditions, having extra feed on hand and an emergency refuge point for stock helped reduce damage and prevent any stock loss. She says they now cut the single wire back fence to allow the free flow of water and debris when it floods. The floods are becoming less predictable which means that we really need to um, have a robust business and, and have uh, systems in place whereby that when we can see, for example, atmospheric rivers approaching, uh, then we can enable the farm uh, to be able to have free-flowing water um, with our animals secured we have a, a, a high ground stock refuge for this purpose. We knew that the flood was coming. We were able to prepare for that. And eventually, when the water resided a little bit, we could actually get to them by tractor. And then we just wait. You know, you can't do anything about when the water comes, but you can do quite a lot to prepare both financially and, um, and physically. 
Deborah Rhodes warns that farm insurance policies are getting more expensive and her business has adapted by only insuring what would be absolutely vital to claim on later. The Insurance Council put the cost of losses at $31 million. Despite fewer than expected lambs arriving at meat processing plants, companies aren't lifting prices to procure more supply. Prices have been falling throughout winter due to the falling demand in overseas markets. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowd says farmers are probably holding on to lambs, hoping for better prices, but it could be a while before that happens. She says it's a tough market for exporters at the moment. China is showing a little bit more interest. Um, but look, prices haven't moved enough just to sustain that consistent upside at the farm gate. Despite uh, these market conditions, however, farm gate chat of better prices into September is likely to be holding a few more lambs on farm for now. But look, I guess the risk of holding out for more needs to just be weighed up with actually being able to secure that space um, next month. Meat companies are expecting another wave uh, of lambs towards the end of August um, and into September. Mal Crowed. And that's the rural news for today. Kia pai tērā. Thank you very much, Monique.